It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Table. Uh, My name is Jason Squires, and I am the host of this podcast. Today, you are all in for a treat. You are all in for a a very, just a treat. Uh, My good friend, Heather Penny, is with us today. Heather, how's it going? It's going awesome, Jace. You know I love saying yes to your podcast, so thanks for for having me on. Oh, of course. I was the, the topic this month. I'm. I was like, there's there's only one person that that I, I the first person <laughs> that popped in my mind, and I was like, this, this I, we need to have this conversation. <laughs> but hey, tell us about you. Tell us about Heather, and I mean, where where what what you're doing, and the, kind of the, the things that are surrounding you right now. Yeah, personally, I've been married for 30 years to my best friend. We met when we were 18, got married at 23, which is baby. I was a baby. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm so glad that God and my baby chose wisely because we're still (laughs) friends to this day. I've got two kids I've launched in college, and we're just in our first year, uh, first couple years here of uh, empty nesting. So that's personally what's going on with me. Professionally, I started out in education. Loved it. Started teaching anywhere from third grade up into middle school and to um, East L.A., Title One, and then started doing some ministry and working out in different uh, countries to support uh, education, breaking the cycle of poverty, taught at the university level, trained teachers, and then started realizing I want to start teaching what I want to teach on. So opened my own coaching company. And I'm basically still a teacher, but I love just coaching people and working with individuals. I'm a leadership coach and trusted advisor is my official title. And I got my doctorate focusing on how humans learn and grow and um, how we learn how to spiral up versus spiral down. So good. So good. Author of of multiple books, not just one, multiple books, multiple books. That's fun uh, to say. Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) We're going to talk more about that here in a little bit, too, because I want to talk about your new book that's out. Um, But so this month, we're talking about identity, identity Mm -hmm. and leadership, identity and creatives. You know, as we were kind of planning content for this year, I wanted to launch the year with this because I feel like it's such a big topic in, it's also, it's, it's a big topic and it's also a not talked about topic very often. And a lot of people really yeah. don't realize why they feel like things are moving and I don't really maybe not know who I am or what I'm doing, or if I'm not grounded in who I am. Um, now as a creative and as a leader, it's really easy to form our identity around what people think or maybe say about us especially as a creative, because it comes from art and the things that we're making and doing, what they're talking mm-hmm. about. Give us some strategies to remain more true to who we are and not become what others can say about us. Yeah, I love story. And I probably learned that in my teaching years with little young kids, but it never got old all the way up through adulthood. So I started my profession in coaching with an allegory of this little girl who got handed a bracelet when she was young And she loved this bracelet and she put it on. But what it did over the years, she got more and more bracelets and it prevented her from going on their tire swing, which she loved and spending time under the stars where she got to hear her voice on the wind to really describe who she is and that she didn't have to live with these bracelets. Um, Why I use that allegory is because it creates language for us that says the bracelets are neither good or bad. That's part of adulting, right? 
learning how to have kids, hold a job, pay your taxes, all these things, stay in a marriage, committed to it. We, what we do though, is we start committing to too many bracelets, which we can no longer manage or handle. And it prevents us from doing the very things that we love. And all my fingers are pointing back, even as a, a, my own entrepreneur and, and owning my own company, there was a time, even a couple of years ago where I was like, wait a minute, I did not create this company to be doing what I'm doing now. What happened? All these bracelets started slipping on me where I was managing more people and I was supporting these different individuals and projects. But what I really wanted to be doing was teaching, you know, coaching and yep. writing and speaking. And I got sucked into the administration of it because my world was growing. So I think it's that ongoing conversation we have to have with ourselves that says, am I wearing the amount of bracelets I want to be wearing? And when did it start preventing me from going back on my tire swing? And most importantly, when did it prevent me from just hanging out under the stars where I began to hear that voice on the wind that reminds me of who I am? So good. What would you say to someone who's realizing, man, I have too many bracelets? Like I'm, I'm there, they're all there. And I don't, I mean, it, it's a process. You can't just shake them off. I mean, you can't yeah. literally, you can't dump, you can't dump them. So, I mean, yeah. how do you, what would you say to someone who's going, how do I, how do I process that and kind of start, start the process of removing them and kind of freeing up who I actually am? Yeah. In the, in this allegory, which I use really short story, but the, she goes and spends time under the stars. Really what she's doing is she's going and flopping <laughs> out of sheer exhaustion <laughs> and like, oh my gosh, I can't keep up with my life anymore. We've all been there. And so I want to say the more you can stop and rest first, you begin to ask higher level questions, not the lower level questions, which is how do I keep managing these bracelets? How do I keep managing these bracelets? When we go spend time with the stars, we start asking better questions like, who am I created to be? How do I return to doing what I love? What got me sucked into what I don't want to be doing now? It's that contemplative time and that contemplative rest, what I call restorative rest, mind, body, heart, spirit, that allows us to start re-exploring uh, our identity and what we probably got sucked into. And in our culture, we don't have a lot of spaces and places that say, hey, let's stop and reflect. Your identity has probably recently shifted. You know, take me, for example, I'm moving into empty nest. Are you kidding? My identity is magnificently shifted where here I was this mom where I was so focused on these kids and all of a sudden poof they're gone well I'm still a mom and they still need me at times but there's a whole new world that's opening up for me I've had to go spend time under the stars again to say where what tire swings can I return to some of these bracelets are being removed from me I don't have to take them feed them you know their, their meals every day I don't have to take them to school I don't have to check in with their teachers I don't have to be a part of any of that stuff and I should say I don't get to be a part of that stuff yeah. depending on whatever day on my totally <laughs> but it's that responsibility I was just holding a lot which I loved motherhood but now as that's being pulled away from me I of course had to go through some of the grieving of it which was part of my identity shift but now I'm moving into the kind of the, the excitement of more open space what does that mean for me so it's really important that I spend time under the stars to reflect on that before I just start throwing more bracelets on. And my tendency is to start throwing on more bracelets because I love, I'm an achiever and I love yeah. being active and I love doing things. So I'm saying yes to some things, but I'm being, I think it's part of maturing and aging and starting to say, I know where this is going to lead me. If I just keep saying yes to and just filling this void to have the courage, you know, my tagline is clarity, confidence, courage. We have the courage to slow down and really explore what's next for me and to be able to keep that space open 
that's super important for me to make sure that I don't just prematurely say yes to something when I'm just trying to fill a void. Oh, man. I love our conversations. Gosh, gosh, I'm over here taking notes. I love how you said a minute ago that all the fingers are pointing back at you. And I, I yeah. like to regularly remind people that, yes, Heather and I are on the podcast. Yes, we are talking. You are listening to the things that we are talking about. But it's not because we've mastered them. It's not because we're over here going, man, we have nailed this. Let's go tell the world how to do this. It's, it is us. We are, I'm on this. I'm on the same boat. This is an ever shifting, ever moving space where you go, you there, you never wake up one day and go, I am, I am awesome. I am great. I am always, I'm never going to fail. I'm going to be. And if you feel that way, that's wrong. Like you're not, you, you, nobody wakes up mm-hmm. and is like, yeah. and does that and lives that way all the time. Like there's still there is still that ever changing, like it's just, it, it fluxes and there's, there's good days and there's bad days. And the purpose of these conversations is to remind you that, that where to come back to and where to come back yes. to a space and go like, this is, this is okay. And now I'm going to take a step forward because when you are in those spaces, it's hard to find where to come back to and, yes. um, and, and not, yes. and not know that actually next month in February, we're talking about developing your inner circle uh, next to mm-hmm. like in, in kind of in compliment compliment to this conversation mm-hmm. about having uh, you know, once you kind of understand identity also going, how do I put people around me that can point point at me? And so if you're listening to this, make sure you stick around um, for the, for next month. Cause that's, that's going to funnel back into this month's conversation. Um, oh, I can't wait. Yes. And, and so we had a post on our Instagram page a, a little earlier this, I mean, it was last week. And you made yeah. a comment um, about, and you, you kind of hinted at it, talked about it a second ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you you talked about, we were talking about uh, the post that you had said that um, there's challenges of identity when everything around us is mm-hmm. shifting. Um, can yes. you kind of unpack that a little bit more? You know, you talked about changing yeah. changing seasons of life, um, <laughs> but like, what does that what does that do as to you as a leader, as a creative, as a mom, you know, as as, mm-hmm. as a wife, all of the things that come with life. How do you, um, w- what did you mean by that when you said everything's shifting and kind of um, understand that? Yeah, <clears throat> I think we don't, we don't know how to see the signs sometimes because we're just so in motion. And again, maybe I can just speak for myself. I, yeah. Again, being someone who loves being in motion. <clears throat> I just have this tendency of wanting to kind of stay up with whatever's next, whatever's next, whatever's next. It's it's almost an addictive thing, right? I think one of the things, and it's a self-discipline for me, and it's again, going back to the courage piece, I need to have the courage to just slow down and say, what is shifting and changing in my season right now? So what is it that I need to let go of? And then what of it, what what's going on that I get to start anticipating and inviting in? And how do I want to protect this space? Who do I want to invite into this? What do I want to say yes to? And sometimes it's a yellow light. Just hang on, hang on, hang on, wait, wait, wait. I'm not super good with the yellow lights. I love the green lights. Heck, I even just like the resolve of a red light. But the yellow light, I'm like, you say, wait, are we talking one week? Are we talking five, five years? And being as a person of faith, this is a conversation I have with God all the time. I'm like, what are we talking about, God, here? (laughs) And I think, you know, I was just journaling this morning of, I get to wait and I get to yield to the process and what a relief that is that I'm not holding that process all on my own. So that helps me re-explore kind of how my identity is shifting 
<clears throat> excuse me, and what I need more of and what I need less of. Um, during my super busy seasons, when I had two young toddlers, I'm remembering, I didn't have a lot of space to do that. I am gifted right now of having a lot of space to re-explore that. That's part of what's happening with my identity shifting right now. So honestly, I would be a fool to just go and sign up with all these different things, say yes to all these different things without asking the important questions of what's next for me? What does this new stage look like for me at 53? I've never been 53 before. I've never been an empty nester before. I've never been 30 years marriage before. So what does this all mean? I want to take the time and slow down and I have a little bit more space. So just to get practical, when I needed some time to kind of reflect with younger kids and busier life, I remember just trying to pull away for 15 minutes in the morning or when they went down for a nap time, like, okay, thank God I've got 30 minutes to like hear myself think. I'm in a different space now to be able to just sit and enjoy some time. And I do have some really busy seasons as well, but I have a lot more control. I don't have the pressure to keep little human beings alive. (laughs) So I'm hearing this sense of I get to be more creative. Well, creativity takes space and time. I want to give myself the luxury of doing that and not just signing up for stuff because I've been in motion for a lot of these years. This is a significant piece of my identity shift that's happening. Oh, I love, and I, man, seeing it, noticing it, realizing it, and kind of like cl- and cl- uh, claiming it. It's like, you know, you know that it's not, um, it's not going, uh, it's, change is going to happen. Seasons are going to come. Yeah. Like change is going to, it's going to be on the horizon. Nobody stays in the same space forever. Like life, life is ever changing and ever moving. And, yeah. um, you know, we had a, some friends of ours that um, I was talking to her a while, talking to a while back. And she said, uh, one of the ways she found to get through some of these things is you always celebrate the season that's coming and not necessarily mm-hmm. grieve the season that's behind you. Cause people mm-hmm. go, especially with kids, people go, Oh, mm-hmm. I miss this season. Or I miss, and you get stuck mm-hmm. in that space. Yes. And it's, it's moving forward going like, I loved being there, but I also love being over here. And I love being what, you know, seeing this side of it and what that's going to look like. And, um, and how that, how that kind of comes into who you are, you know, we are in yeah. the same, I'm not the same boat cause yeah. I'm not the empty nester boat, but like, we just, we just transitioned out of owning a business to being mm-hmm. on the road full time and coaching. And like, I was, mm-hmm. my identity was wrapped up in, I'm a business owner, like life is here. And now it was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, I don't actually have to be anywhere ever. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a, that's a strange, that was a strange shift. For us, because all of a sudden I'm going, wait, I have to be every day. It was like I got to go to the office and I got to step in. I got to clean. I got to I got to move things around and make this all happen. But I don't necessarily. Uh, once that was gone, I, the realization was like I have more capacity, more space, more time. You know, what am I going to do with that? One of the things that I that helped us was um, Simon Sinek's book, Start with Why, and going like mm. you know like what is what is your why? Like why are you and mm-hmm. if it doesn't necessarily fu- funnel into your why, then why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. And kind of help me kind of frame some of those things and going, this is why I mm-hmm. exist. This is why I'm doing what mm-hmm. I'm doing. And what does that look like? And so, um, yeah, I just, man, can I say shift happens? I mean, it just happens. It's just one of those things yeah, that it does. And it comes and it comes and um, it just is. And so um, now you have a new book coming out. 
and I and yes. I that's out. I'm sorry. I have a new book that's out, yes. not coming out. You have a new book that's out. Yes. Um, and it's it. I had the privilege of reading an advanced an advanced copy, and I, I mean, it was it again. I I was I'm I said it to you, and I'll say it. I'll say it publicly. I'll yeah. say it out loud. It is the guide to leadership. As you are mm. processing who like these this like who you are as a leader and as your identity mm-hmm. and what you're creating around you, because I think part of identity is not just who am I, but as a leader, mm-hmm. who am I helping our people to be like, like this is, yeah. uh, you know, as you're overseeing or you're a part of a team or part of a group of people, um, how do we create spaces in our ministries and our jobs to allow people mm-hmm. to flourish into who they truly are? And, um, and I, yes. I, little hint at the title of the book in there, but I think you can, I think you can, you can, you can, yes. you can answer that. So tell us about that and what that looks like. Oh, well, thanks, Jason. Thanks for teeing me up here. You know, it's the title of the book is Grace Space. And I wrote it. I work in uh, spaces of faith and spaces that don't um, freely talk about their faith. And I'm very comfortable in both spaces because I believe, I believe grace is in abundance around us. So being a person of faith and speaking to faith people, I would say, we know what grace is. Speaking to people that um, maybe don't have a faith in God or don't have a religious connection, you too know what grace is. It's this awareness of being considerate and good and kind to one another. And I am calling on humanity to start creating and taking the initiative to create spaces of grace around us. And I got really practical. It's the teacher in me. Got really practical, seven practices. And the first one is choosing to respond versus to react. And I'm just saying we all have free will. And we get to choose how to respond in life or react. We can choose to accuse or we can choose to question and stay curious. It's seven practices where I juxtapose it to something that is not grace to show, hey, this is a choice. And we have a split second. What I'm calling on is our our free will to to have that nanosecond to say, wait a minute, someone just insulted me. I can insult back, which is a reaction, or I can respond and and either put a boundary down or I can confront it or I can return it with love, whatever you want to do. I'm not saying it's a passive response either, but it's this awareness that I can return an insult or I can return it with something very different and respond to it. Even if it's a confrontation, like, I don't appreciate that, or that's not okay in my world, or this isn't the space that I'm creating around us. You know, you can say it in a very clear, authoritative way, but you're not reacting to this individual or this comment that's starting to then digress the space around you. So it's this, hey, every human has the ability to carry around with them a space of grace. Let's talk about what that looks like. And so my book is written for uh, all spaces, because in my in my world, everyone's got a seat at my table. If you want to join me in creating spaces of grace, man, I want to talk with you. It doesn't need to be a certain religion or a certain church you go to or a certain theology. It's a, I believe that every human holds the imago Dei in them or the image of God in them. So I, I respect that and I I look at that and I trust that. And I believe in a divine power that's moving all of us. So I don't have a criteria of what someone has to believe in order to join this conversation. I believe every human has the ability to do this. So I'm calling on corporate America. I'm calling on faith spaces, churches, nonprofits, everyone. 
to step into the space and link arms and say, we can do better than just creating safe spaces. We can create grace spaces. And it only takes one person making that decision that can influence and ripple out to thousands. I love it because it the 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 two the the two positions, one comes from like you shouldn't do that one. And then yeah. one is like where again, we're talking about identity, where yeah. you're where you're rooted is gonna be how you respond. Where you're right. rooted is gonna be how you react, how you how you come into, you know, come into these spaces, how do you how you um the words that come out of your mouth when when something happens, you know, you mentioned the insults. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of a lot of, a lot of people listening to this podcast are in ministry positions where you know they get off stage and somebody um um, um immediately yeah. critiques what just happened. You know, everybody yeah. has a everybody has a um everybody has a uh, an opinion about what music should sound like at church on yeah. Sunday. And, yeah. you know, you get off stage and somebody just, you know, has a comment about, Oh, the drums were too, it was too loud. It was too soft. It didn't sound right. You know, the band wasn't together mm-hmm. and that's an automatic, you know, attack mm-hmm. at what, who you are and that you can respond or you can react. And I think I love the, I loved the, uh, that, how, how that, you know, you, you're asking questions versus attacking. And right. cause it, the human spirit, the human body, yeah. wants to attack, wants to like to protect, yeah. you know, protect. And, but it's like, wait a minute, if we just, you know, maybe, maybe they mm-hmm. don't know how, the, how the question was said or how the statement was said, you know, you ask questions and you all of a sudden you find out it wasn't, it didn't come from a, a, a bad source, but maybe how right. you responded created it a, in, 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 into a bad situation. So yes. yes, I love this. Yeah. Well, and the antithesis of grace is shame. Yeah. So we are. We can either say I'm going to stay curious and offer grace and cultivate and foster understanding and curiosity between us as humans, or I can go ahead and make a, an opinion about you and shame you and wag my finger at you. And we're, we're doing this in faith-based circles and non-faith-based circles. That's why I'm like, I don't have, I don't have a boundary here of saying you have to believe a certain way. I'm just saying you get to as a human choose. Period. It's part of our humanness. And I'm excited about the fact that I have a choice. But going back to our comments earlier, all my fingers are pointing back. I'm never going to pretend that I've got this nailed. What I am conscious of and mindful of is, Heather, you have a choice. And you just got attacked right now. You can choose to respond or you can choose to react and attack back. And that's part of why I put them both out there, because I want to say none of us are perfect. And we are going to make the other choice. And I want to say it's okay. Yep. Grace, right? Yep. <laughs> but if we are aware of that, it starts creating this mindfulness in us. And again, as a person of faith, we start inviting in the Trinity. We invite in God to start saying, can you help me with this? Because this is beyond me. I actually want to attack back. Or that comment when I just got off the stage is starting to spiral me down and starting to infect my identity. Yep. Can you intervene? Tell me what my identity is, God, because that person is starting to infiltrate my identity. So now that's a choice of how to respond, even if it's just internally. But you're taking that comment and you're leveraging it as a moment to increase your own connection with your sense of self and with your sense of your creator. I always, you know, when something happens and you have to call customer service, you know, when you're like yeah. something like your internet bill is, you know, is all goes off the rails and you got to call customer service, you got to call your healthcare, whoever, you know, Amazon, yeah. something, you got to call customer service. Yeah. I know people hate doing that. I actually love doing that because here's why. 
when they say hello, I have like 10 seconds to flip yeah. them out of, you know, they're the only reason someone calls customer service is because they have a problem. Yes. And they the person on the other end of the phone is already coming into the conversation like I just got off 30 phone calls where I was yes. I was wrong, you know? Yeah. And I've realized, yeah. you know, in this in this moment like if you if I love the reason I love it is because you have like 10 seconds to flip yeah. it to I always start with how's your day going? And mm-hmm. the person's like, "Whoa, you actually asked me, mm-hmm. you know, or I say, you know, where are you in the country? Like, you know, we're, we're mm-hmm. in California and, you know, oh, we're mm-hmm. in Texas. And you kind of break the, you can, you can see them kind of break out of the book and go, yes. oh, I'm going to have a conversation. Yeah. And I will say this kind of selfishly, you usually get more than what you wanted on yes. at the other end. You know, we have yeah. our internet, our internet bill is lower than it ever, like any people around us. And our friends go, how'd you guys get that so low? I'm like, because I just, when you call the company, you yeah. just treat them with grace and you right. treat them with, with, you, you treat Humaneness. them with grace. And then they yes. go, then there's points yeah. where I'm like, like, I just realized I'm chatting on the phone with a friend of mine and they're, yeah. you know, we're, I, yeah. we're on a first name basis and, you know, we're, yeah. t- we're talking about, um, we're talking about whatever. And, you know, we've, yeah. I've gotten into conversations with people on the f- customer service phones. We're like, we're talking about family and life and, yeah. you know, and they're just like, you know, they hang up and my hope is they hang up in their office or their call center or their home office or wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. And like that, that's a call. They go, Oh, okay. Like that just kind of gives them a breath mm-hmm. of like, yeah, we had a problem, but when you handle mm-hmm. it with grace, everybody wins and nobody leaves angry yes. and frustrated. And yes. Um, so whenever yes. something happens, my wife, Casey, usually will just hand me the phone. Can you call so-and-so? Cause I don't yeah. like you, you have yeah. a way with words on the phone yeah, and it doesn't yeah. bother you. And, uh, and so, yeah. yeah. Well, and this is why I had you endorse my book, Jason. I Everyone knew. endorsed my book, just powerful voices in our world that are saying, Hey, I am serving humanity and I'm choosing to do this the best that I can. But more importantly, I'm not committed to perfection. I'm committed to growing and learning every time. And I think I've had both those calls yeah. where I've responded with grace and I've responded with shame. Yep. This is what I want to say to our listeners. Notice how you feel after each call. And to your point, it is kind of selfish. And I'm going to say it a good way. I like how I feel when I am a kinder, more grace-filled person. Do I have the right to go after this person? I certainly do. I have the right because I'm a paying customer and they got it wrong. Right. I am abdicating that right and choosing to respond to the, to the situation. You know, defending my right is a reaction to it. Choosing to respond to it, I'm still going to deal with the issue. Like I said, this is not a, an excuse for passivity. I'm still going to deal with the issue, but I'm going to be humane and I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be kind. And I'm yep. going to remember that this is a human being I'm talking to and I'm going to say their name and I'm going to remember their name. Yep. And I'm just going to have a conversation and a dialogue so that we can get to a win-win together. And I think when you pay attention to how you feel when you get out of these conversations and when you've handled it with grace or when you've handled it with shame, I know myself as I've aged, I just go, the cost that I, of what I feel like when I handle it and out of shame is too high for me. I just feel terrible as a human being. And to be able to say, I just want to feel good about my interactions with humanity, period. I don't want to feel this yucky feeling that I've just scarred someone's soul <laughs> because I had the right to. I mean, that's an awful feeling. 
So I think that is, that's the piece where I want to say, pay attention to how you feel and recognize you get to feel really good coming off a conversation, even if you don't get all your own way. Yep. There's times when I've had to say, well, I don't really agree with this, but thank you for listening. And I'll just have to figure out what, what I'm going to do on my end. Yep. You know, like that's, it doesn't mean I get my way all the time either, Totally. but I'm still going to, to stay in this as a relational connection that says every time I talk to a human, it's my opportunity to, to handle it with grace or to handle it with shame. Well, and then you realize the response is based off of the scenario, not off of my actions. Yes. And, yes. and so that's where you kind of come to a point where it's like, I am, I can walk away from this conversation knowing that I was the best version of me and yes. not, yes. and not, and not like I was, I've actually had on this customer service topic, I've started calls with, I'm sorry you answered the phone. I know it's not you, but I'm angry at the, at the moment and not at, not mm. at you as, and directed it, you know, in a, in a space where like, so I can automatically yeah. go, I'm not attacking you when I, when yeah. I, when I tell you what's, what's going on. I'm just stating what's happened and you're going to hear, I've, I've, I've yeah. literally broken it down. You're going to hear frustration in my voice, but know yeah. that I'm not angry with you because we just met. Yeah. And like, yes. I don't actually, you are not my internet provider. You're the person who answered the yeah. phone, you know, not you, you just happen to be on the other end of this phone call or yeah. other end of this scenario or whatever the case is. Yeah. Even in, even in leadership, you know, you get brought up with, you, you get brought scenarios at time from time where you actually weren't involved but you have to figure mm-hmm. out what to do. And it's like, you know, you're, you're just the, you're just in this conversation now. And, um, you want to make sure that, like I said, you can walk away knowing that mm-hmm. like the response that came out of this is because I am, I am confident in who I am. And I know that that's going to, that's going to be the long term goal. And it's not going to yes. be, it's not, uh, you know, like that is, that's more important in this conversation is that like, I am who I am. I am, I am who I say I am. And, um, yes. so, this is so, well, and I, so I wanted to add one more thing to that, Jason, yeah, go for because, um, like I said, the people I did ask to endorse it are just people who've chosen to serve humanity. And one of the strongest voices I think in our world right now is, um, Ken Blanchard who came up with servant leadership Yeah. and his focus is to say, how do we not just lead people? How do we serve them as we lead them? And I've just loved that concept. And so he, he gave me the honor of just endorsing my book as well. And I, I think about his modeling. He's now, I don't know, in his uh, maybe 80s or 90s, but he's he's old and he's just living still so vibrantly and choosing how to serve people. And I think about this idea that these seven practices, you know, choosing to question versus accuse, again, it's not about getting it right. It's about having the language for when we blow it to know how to apologize. I go back to people and say, you know, I was on low blood sugar, had gotten a lot of sleep, and I realized I just started accusing and not questioning. Can I back up? Can I do a U-turn here? Can I do a redo? Can I just stop and ask you a couple questions before I just jump to some conclusions? It helps you know how to intelligently make repairs as a leader because most of our people don't realize what just happened to them. They just feel like confused or maybe shamed or guilty or just sad they disappointed you or embarrassed. And to be able to know how to own it well, talk about servant leadership and to model how to apologize well and stay in that relationship and do the repair well. I mean, isn't that who we want to be as leaders? Truth. So, so, so good. 
Um, hey, so as we wrap up today, um, the podcast is called The Table, and we this is season three, and we every time ask a food question. Yeah. Every we have we have, we end we wrap everything up here with the food question. And, Love it. Um, so there's a question that I that it's it can be controversial. This can be controversial in, in some circles. You sit down and you know you're having a hamburger, fries, and a milkshake, or mm-hmm. a hamburger drink, whatever. And yes. um, now, do you keep the fries separate from the milkshake, or do you dip the fry in the milkshake? Yeah. I'm a huge believer of keeping the sweet and the savory separate. <laughs> oh, there's see, there's two camps. There's two very specific, specific I, camps here. I can't even drink a milkshake with hamburger and fries. I know that's like the American thing, but wow. I cannot. My son will do it. My husband will do it. And I'm like, that's dessert for later. <laughs> right now, I want all my savory and salty. And they know that I have to eat my fries first because I like them hot and I like them crispy. Okay. In fact, I refuse to do any kind of delivery service on fries or I refuse to even have them take them home. My family knows that I'm like, you want to go to In-N-Out with me? I have to sit down and eat it there. I want a fresh, hot fry and a fresh, hot burger. Yeah. And then if I'm still wanting a savory or a sweet thing, I will go back up and order a milkshake. So that the, that is also nice and cold. You can't even have them sweet. at the table together. Nope. You are nope. this I don't is want two separate events in your life. This is <laughs> totally wow. <Yes>. I that <laughs> might be a third camp. That might be. I've always had the you know oh dunk them and dip them and mix them or you know or yep. you know you know we can have them together. I'm like, well, if you're eating fries and then drinking a milk, you're kind of dipping. It's fine, but the <laughs> you know, but then but then you're even like, man, I gotta. I got to start yes. all over and have a, have dessert time oh, separate yeah. from, wow. Oh yeah. I may even go to a different restaurant to get my dessert because oh. I don't feel like a milkshake. It's now Darren, <laughs> after 30 years, Darren's still okay with this. I mean, I don't know. This is kind of this... okay with this. He knows that I'm very particular of my savory and my sweet, but don't get me wrong. I have a major sweet tooth, but I don't mix it with my savory <laughs> fe- uh, foods. <laughs> now, can you, can you mix flavors? Can like, like, you know, like In-N-Out has the Neapolitan milkshake or are you like all chocolate? Oh yeah, vanilla. I can mix the flavors and I can enjoy okay. fully enjoy. I can even enjoy like the salty caramels and stuff. Oh yeah, stuff. right. I can fully, but I got to be like it's like a mindful thing. I got to be in dessert mind to do that. But to, I can't even drink Coke. I can't do anything sweet with my meals. It's just it confuses <laughs> my taste buds. <laughs> now you know. There so you a, know about me for over twenty years. Jason. There is a third camp. There officially is a third camp. That's right. <laughs> Hey, so you have a you have a new book out. You have yes. books and you know coaching and all the things. Yeah. Tell us where we can get your new book. Tell us um, yeah. how we can you know how we can follow you. I've loved. P.S. I've loved all you you the, all the reels that have been coming on on Instagram. Like I've loved all of the stuff. I watch all of them because they are each one of them is so good. And uh-huh. so um ch- so how do we how do we do that? Tell us how we can follow you. And- yeah, the the easiest way is to just get on my website heatherpenny.com and then you can find everything like how to sign up for my blog, how to sign up or get all these free resources, where to find my books. But if you want to go straight to Amazon, you just punch in Heather Penny and you'll see my books there. Um and then I'm, of course I'm on Instagram, uh Facebook and it's Heather Penny PhD is my handle and all those. Um and I something I've learned and I mean, yeah. I'm learning this conversation is how important reviews are in, in on yes. Amazon. And so yes. tell us about that. I mean, tell us about reviewing. If Thank I, you, Jason. I'm always self-conscious about self-promoting. Oh, it's but fine. I be... It's fine. I can prompt, I prompt the question. It's fine. 
Thank you, my friend. But I, I am a self-publisher by choice to own everything and own the timing and own all my content. So what that means is I'm also in charge of all my marketing and everything like that. So if you want to help out a self-publisher and you like what he or she is doing, I do encourage you, please do a review on their podcast and do a review on Amazon. These really help them get on the grid that don't have a huge marketing publisher team behind them or a PR team behind them. And these are choices that I've made as an entrepreneur to own my own space. But because I also want to have an authentic audience, I want the bright followers to follow me, not just someone that someone's paid for. So give reviews and that kind of helps me out as a self-published author. I love it. I love it. Heather, I appreciate you hanging out. I appreciate oh, thanks, you Jason. telling us about the third camp of the French fry and the milkshake. I mean, it's all the things. <laughs> you can count on me. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. Yeah, all the things. It's just so good. And I, I'm, uh, I cannot, I cannot recommend her new book more. I have, I've, I've, I got to read it earlier last year, or late, late last year, and so I'm, I've been like sitting on it, like tell, I like, I know it's coming, but now that it's here, I can tell people you need to go pick it up, and you need to order like a case of them and have them all shipped to your house. Give them out to your friends because this will change your life. It will change yes. who you are. This is not three easy steps to a better life. This is legitimately like yeah. this will change the way you see people and life and who you. it's going to help who you are and all the things. Um, so anyway, I just. Thanks, I Jason. And it's a short read, right? It's 100%. And I will tell you, this is the thing. I'm an audible <laughs> listener. Okay. You emailed me. You, you sent me the book. And I was like, I have to actually read this. Like I have to sit down and actually <laughs> read the words on the page. I'm, I was like, you were thinking of my first book. It's right. It's right. I was like, this is, this one's a lot shorter. I got, I got, I was able yes, to read my it. My first book was meaty. It was, uh, yeah. it was a long, we spent a lot of time together on audible. You and I, as we drive, as I drove around, but I've been hearing that <laughs> I've become best friends with a lot of people. With my voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's purposely shorter so you can read it in a day and you can get the concept and the principles and also share it with your team and yep. start practicing it, practicing it in your home and your marriages, um, in your uh, spaces of leadership and work. It's just, it's made to be able, a quick tool for you to kind of pick up and, and just go for it. And I love even, you mentioned the seven, there's seven of them. Like I've, I've actually jumped back to like, oh, like number four, number five. And you can, you yes. can not, it's not. You don't have to sit down and read from the beginning to the end. You can pull it apart and like take just this piece if you need to remind yourself about one thing versus the other. Yeah. So awesome. Heather. Thanks, Jason. I, I appreciate it. We'll we'll uh we will talk to you guys next week.